Hi, everybody. Dick Vitale. Hey, make sure you listen, man, to Lockdown Blue Devils with J.J. Jackson. He's awesome, baby. You are Locked On Blue Devils, your daily podcast on the Duke Blue Devils, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Blue Devils podcast. It's so good to have you here with us on this Monday. My name is JJ Jackson. This is a daily Duke Athletics podcast where we discuss everything going on in the wide world of Duke Athletics. Football, men's basketball, women's basketball, baseball, softball, volleyball, soccer. I mean, we talk about everything going on at Duke, and we appreciate you listening to us. Please be sure to subscribe and follow this podcast right now, wherever you get your podcasts. Leave us a five-star rating and review. Particularly if you're on that Apple Podcast platform, I love when you leave those five-star reviews. I give you five-star Friday shout-outs when you do that, and it means a whole lot. Follow us on Odyssey or wherever else you get your podcasts. You can follow me on Twitter at underscore JJ underscore Jackson underscore, and follow the show on Twitter at LO underscore Blue Devils. Today is a Mailbag Monday. We do this every few weeks. Questions you have, you could tweet them at us. Again, at LO underscore Blue Devils. Send us a DM on Twitter or email LockedOnBlueDevils at gmail.com. I'm happy to answer any question that you have in the Mailbag Monday edition of our podcast, which we are going to do here today. First, I want to let you know that there is no better place to get all of your ACC conference news than the Locked On ACC podcast hosted by Candace Cooper. I'm on the show every Tuesday, every single week. Make sure you follow the Locked On ACC podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's dive into a couple of questions here. Duke one and one on the football season after their win versus North Carolina A&T by a score of 45-17. Amy wrote us a question. With an elite running back and a suspect defense, do you think it would be better for Duke to concentrate on ball control offensive scheme going run heavy in most cases? Curious to know what you think. Good question, Amy. This is a very uh, strategic question that you can ask, and Duke does have an elite running back. Obviously, we talked about Mateo Durant, his first game of the season versus Charlotte, rushing for over 200 yards, 255 to be exact, and setting the school record for a single game. He found the end zone three more times this past weekend versus North Carolina A&T, although he only ran for 41 yards on 15 carries. So a little bit uh, less yard production from Mateo, but Gunnar Holmberg was running the ball well, and we saw several other guys play for Duke. It's interesting you talk about ball control because the first two games of the season for Duke versus Charlotte, 29 pass attempts, 44 runs. Versus North Carolina A&T, 33 pass attempts, 38 runs. Duke actually had the football for less time, just 22 minutes this past Friday versus North Carolina A&T out of the allotted 60. That means A&T had 38 minutes of possession. And Charlotte in week one, Duke only had 25 minutes. The Charlotte 49ers had 35. So Duke, I think playing ball control can work from time to time. But I honestly, with this offense, a little inexperienced because of the quarterback position with Gunnar Holmberg there, I don't know that this team is talented enough to even make a decision like that. Look, I think Duke is going to have to go out there, have Coach Cutcliffe and that offensive staff call the plays, put them in successful positions to score the football, and then on the defensive side of the ball, Shaka Hayward and that defense have to step up, which they definitely did in the second half versus North Carolina A&T. So, uh, Amy, I like the question. Uh, I think it would be better if Duke was able to kind of concentrate on a ball control offensive scheme, but I don't think that they're going to be able to do that this season. Also, how is the offensive line going to hold up if you made sort of a transition like that? That's still very much so a question for this Duke Blue Devils unit. Let's move on. 
Kevin asked a question. Among the elite basketball teams like Kentucky, Kansas, North Carolina, Michigan State, Gonzaga, etc., Duke seems to have the weakest non-conference schedule this year. Do you think that was on purpose for Coach K's last year? Again, that's a question from Kevin. I don't think so. I, I don't even think that this is the weakest non-conference schedule out of the elite basketball programs. I'm being honest. Duke already has Kentucky on the schedule in the Champions Classic. They're going to be good this year at Ohio State, a true road game at Ohio State, which is going to be a top 10, top 15 team in the country. That's really difficult. And then Gonzaga, a premier game Thanksgiving week in Las Vegas versus a team that just lost the national championship game. Gonzaga has arguably the best player coming back in the sport and Drew Timmy. He had so much National Player of the Year buzz a year ago for the Gonzaga Bulldogs. And they add the top-rated recruit, Chet Holmgren. Holmgren and Paulo Bencaro go back and forth as to who's going to be the number one pick in the 2022 NBA draft. So, yeah, Kevin, I, I see what you're going for here. Maybe Duke would make an easier schedule on purpose for Coach Case last year because you want to get wins. But I just I don't think it's that. I mean, obviously, Duke is a good basketball program. They're going to beat the majority of their non-conference team opponents. They didn't get that luxury a year ago because so many games had to be canceled. A team like Cleveland State, even, on the non-conference for Duke, We've talked about them with Jason Evans on this podcast before. That's a talented, experienced NCAA tournament team. So, uh, yeah, I just I don't agree that uh, Duke has the weakest non-conference schedule among the elite programs. Again, you mentioned Kentucky, Kansas, North Carolina, Michigan State, Gonzaga, etc. I think Duke's right up there with a the tough schedule. Kentucky at Ohio State, Gonzaga. I mean, if you disagree with me, let me know at underscore JJ underscore Jackson underscore on Twitter. But, uh, look, I, just, I think Duke's got – a, a pretty difficult schedule that they're going to navigate through this upcoming season. Thanks for the question, Kevin. Dr. Rob wrote a question. Dr. Rob writes, do you ever think that Duke will upgrade its basketball arena? Will Duke ever go to a larger venue and then Cameron Indoor Stadium with more seats? Fun question to sort of sit there and banter about basketball facilities, basketball arenas is always a big topic of conversation when your team is in the offseason. How can you improve? Well, you watch Duke basketball on their social media platforms. It appears everything is as state-of-the-art as it comes. They have the Michael W. Shukshevsky Practice Center that opened in 2008 exclusively for the Duke basketball program. Full-size practice gyms for them to work on. Open 24-7 to the players to have full access to that. So, uh, look, I don't know that an upgrade there is necessarily needed in terms of a larger arena or a larger venue. We have seen some adjustments made throughout the history of Cameron Indoor Stadium that seats 9,314. Let me take you around the country to compare that to a couple of the elite spots. The Dean Dome, UNC 21,750. Rupp Arena, where the Kentucky Wildcats play, 23,500. Allen Fieldhouse, where the Kansas Jayhawks play. That's a fun environment in college basketball. That seats 16,300. So Dukes, Cameron Indoor Stadium at 9,314 is by far one of the smallest amongst the premier college basketball programs. I don't know that they're going to necessarily upgrade to a larger venue anytime soon with more seats because people love the atmosphere that you have created at Cameron Indoor Stadium. It's considered one of the toughest places in the sport to play at. I don't know why you would change that. So Cameron Indoor Stadium opened in 1940. It was known as Duke Indoor Stadium. And then in 1972, the naming rights came along for Eddie Cameron, and that's how we got to where we are today, Cameron Indoor Stadium. I found this fascinating as well. 2002-2003 season, I'm 6 or 7 at the time, so uh, forgive me for not being as aware when this took place, but 03, Duke installed AC units into Cameron Indoor Stadium. What? 
that far behind the eight ball for one of the sport's most iconic venues. In terms of air conditioning, it turned into like health and safety for the players and even fans in attendance that there was no air conditioning there. And it wasn't until 2003 that they put AC units inside Cameron Indoor Stadium. It's truly a classic spot. I don't know that Duke has any thoughts of getting a larger venue or doing any major, major, major upgrades to its basketball arena. Nice question. More questions coming up on this Mailbag Monday edition of Locked On Blue Devils right after this. All right, college football fanatics, have you heard about prize picks? Prize picks is daily fantasy made easy. I love this, and I know you will too. Prize picks offers every sport you could think of, like the NFL, college basketball, college football, the NBA, Major League Baseball, MMA, soccer, and more. Prize Picks offers more college football props than anyone in the world, and it offers all the star players of the Power Five, as well as mid-major players you might not have ever even heard of. Prize Picks offers any prop you could think of from yardage to touchdowns, even interceptions thrown. It allows mixed sport entries. For example, you could take the over on LeBron James combined points with the under of Patrick Mahomes in the exact same entry. Use the award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. Entries could be made in 60 seconds or less. It really is that easy. PrizePix is safe and offers fast withdrawals. Don't hesitate. Check out prizepix.com or go to your App Store and download the app today. PrizePix is daily fantasy made easy. Welcome back into the Lockdown Blue Devils podcast. My name is JJ Jackson. We're doing a Mailbag Monday edition of our program. Moving on, Josh wrote a question. Which Duke rookie in the NFL is destined to have the best season here in 2021? Four Duke rookies on active rosters. Michael Carter II, the defensive back for the New York Jets. You've got a tight end in Noah Gray with the Chiefs and two edge rushers. Victor DiCamuche with the Cardinals and Chris Rump II with the Chargers. Chris Rump II... All these guys played their first games of the season in the NFL this past weekend. So, again, to Chris Rump the second, he's at the end of the depth chart, really not contributing a lot just yet for the Chargers. I don't think he's the pick. I think it's Michael Carter the second, but I'll get to him in a moment. Victor Deacom J is behind Chandler Jones on the depth chart for the Arizona Cardinals. Why is that significant? Well, let me tell you. Chandler Jones had a career-high five sacks yesterday versus the Tennessee Titans. Really, really impressive effort from Chandler Jones. Career high in that number for sacks in a game with five. Michael Strahan has the NFL record, 22 and a half sacks. Chandler Jones has been close before. He's had 19 and 20 in a year before, and if he's off to a good start, one game and five sacks, he might be on his way to breaking Michael Strahan's record. And not to mention, the NFL is now 17 games versus 16. Noah Gray could be another pick for the destined to have the best season, Duke rookies in the NFL, but he's a tight end for the Chiefs. That means he's playing behind Travis Kelsey, Patrick Mahomes' favorite target. If it's not Tyreek Hill, it's Travis Kelsey, one of the best tight ends in the entire sport. So opportunity just isn't going to be there as frequently in the passing game for Noah Gray. Mahomes said a couple of nice things about him in training camp this season, but I just can't make him as the selection. I think it's Michael Carter the second. The Jets starter at defensive back. He played and started for the Jets in week one yesterday versus the Carolina Panthers. I'm a Panthers fan. Surprise, surprise. Someone that grew up in the state of North Carolina being a big Panthers fan. So I watched that whole game and actually got to see Michael Carter II. Was excited every time I did because I'm like, look, there's another Duke guy 
playing in the NFL. He had five tackles, one tackle for loss, and one pass deflection. That happened early in the first quarter, did that pass deflection. I just think he's going to contribute. I think he's going to be on the field for the Jets quite frequently defensively, and so uh, I think he's destined to have the best season as Duke rookies in the NFL here in 2021. Thanks for the question, Josh. Next question from Mary. Who was on your Mount Rushmore for three-point shooters at Duke during your lifetime? All right, I like this question. Uh, again, born in 1995, but really been watching Duke basketball since 0304 is kind of when I really have those memories of first watching the team. I got a couple of guys that I just want to I want to lay everybody out and then uh, make my selections. JJ Redick is going to be there for sure. Let's go ahead and bury the lead. A couple other guys uh, worth mentioning here: Andre Dawkins, Seth Curry. Luke Kennard, Grayson Allen, John Shire, Gary Trent Jr., and Quinn Cook. J.J. Redick shot 40.6% from three-point range throughout his Duke career. That's insane, given the volume that he shot as well. Andre Dawkins is going to be in my Mount Rushmore, too. 40.7% from the three-point line. That's lethal. Seth Curry, one of the best career averages for a Dukie. 42% from three-point range. Outstanding. Duke basketball associate head coach John Shire, now the head coach in waiting as well, 38.1% in his Duke career. Quinn Cook finished 39.5% as a senior from three-point range. That made his career average a little bit lower than that at 37.5. Gary Trent Jr. just played one year for Duke, but he was at 40.2%. Grayson Allen at 38, one of my all-time favorite Duke players. And then Luke Kennard, the lefty, at 38.3%. I think those are kind of the big honorable mention names for me to bring up in my lifetime. Again, J.J. Redick, Andre Dawkins, Seth Curry, Luke Kennard, Grayson Allen, John Shire, Gary Trenton Jr., and Quinn Cook. Reddick, Dawkins, Curry for sure in my Mount Rushmore for this question. Let me add Grayson Allen to the mix as well. I think that's on my Mount Rushmore for my favorite three-point shooters at Duke during my lifetime. Thanks for the question, Mary. Brooks wrote a question. Did the Week 1 and Week 2 results from around the ACC change your outlook on how Duke football will finish this season? No, although the ACC has been terrible, Duke hasn't been that great themselves considering the competition that they played. Florida State, how about them this past weekend? Crazy, crazy walk-off defeat against Jacksonville State. No one was expecting that, but uh, I don't think it changes the outlook for Duke football here in uh, the 2021 season. Final couple of questions after this break here on the Locked on Blue Devils podcast. Today's show is brought to you by our friends over at Built Bar. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, for 15% off your next order. LOCKED15 for 15% off your next order. You might be asking, JJ, what is Built Bar? Well, let me tell you, nine delicious flavors, plus they've got a lot of other limited-time options always available to you. Peanut butter brownie is one of my favorites. Really good, as most of the flavors have 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and only add 4 grams of net carbs. Great stuff. Order today. Make sure you try the peanut butter brownie. It's a good one that you won't want to miss out on. Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, and great for the keto diet. Again, Built.com, promo code LOCKED15, as Built Bar is a proud sponsor of the Locked On Blue Devils podcast. Sweat block, doctor created, doctor recommended, works for up to seven days per use. Dry shirt guarantee if sweat block doesn't keep you dry, you get your money back. 
featured and tested on the Rachel Ray Show by Firefighters. You know that's good. A bestseller on Amazon for the past 10 years. Over 13,000 reviews. Currently number one in Amazon's antiperspirant category. Manufactured right here in the USA. Look, you can wear what you want to wear and still have confidence when you're using these sweat block wipes. I can be a little self-conscious from time to time with sweat that might be in the area. I want you to know about this. If you or someone you love is dealing with this, you have to check out sweat block. Get it today for 20% off at sweatblock.com with promo code locked on or at Amazon and CVS. Again, promo code locked on. Last few moments today on the Locked On Blue Devils podcast, a Mailbag Monday edition of our show. Sarah asked a question. Who is the fourth team you would like to see Duke football add to its non-conference schedule for 2022? Very good question from Sarah. Good research on her part. Duke does have three confirmed non-conference games on the schedule in 2022. You've got eight conference games in a 12-week year. That means you do the math. You've got one more non-conference team that you can add to the schedule. 2022 is not expected to be a year that Notre Dame is on the books for Duke. That kind of throws off the future scheduling right now as Notre Dame does have sort of that ACC allegiance in their deal, but they're not in the ACC, but they play six ACC games per year. gets a little confusing, but that always takes up a non-conference spot for other teams in the ACC. Here are the three teams Duke will play in 2022 guaranteed a home game versus Temple and then road games at Northwestern against the Wildcats and then at Kansas. Duke gets ready to play Northwestern this upcoming weekend and then they play Kansas next weekend so they will play both of those schools on the road in 2022. A couple of future matchups that Duke has in the non-conference 2023 and 2024 a home and home with UConn home and home with Middle Tennessee State in 2024 and 2025 2025 and 2026 Duke has a home and home with Illinois and then in 2028 and 2029 Duke has a home and home set up with TCU I love playing other teams in the Power 5 I think those matchups are so great but I also understand that Duke football isn't that great traditionally and a lot of times that would probably result in a loss for the Duke Blue Devils but if I could add one team a fourth team that I would like to see Duke football add to its non-conference schedule for next year It'd be App State, and here's why. App State is a really good football program there in the Sun Belt. They probably want to make the jump up to the American after we're seeing so many teams leave the American now and go to the Big 12. But anyway, App State and Duke have never played each other on the football field, which is kind of crazy to think about as uh, obviously App State was an FCS school about a decade ago, and then now they're uh, playing in the bowl subdivision of college football. So it's time that those two teams play one another. Let's get that matchup set up. Chase Bryce, of course, the former Duke quarterback, now is the quarterback of the App State Mountaineers. So that perspective, that angle of the matchup, I think would be exciting. So, uh, yeah, that's who I would like to add. Thanks for the question, Sarah. That was a fun one. Last question of today's Mailbag Monday comes from Ryan. Where does Mateo Durant rank amongst ACC running backs, in your opinion? My opinion is biased, but I think there's validity to it as well. He's the best running back in the conference. 296 rushing yards so far this season. Leads the conference. Six rushing touchdowns leads the conference. Other notable guys, Jay Sean Corbin at Florida State, Sean Tucker at Syracuse, 
Christian Bill Smith has the second most touchdowns from a running back so far this season with three on the ground, but he only has 134 rushing yards compared again to Mateo Durant's 296. Corbin has the second most rushing yards with 253. In terms of just the second most rushing touchdowns, period, well, that belongs to Malik Cunningham, who's not eligible because he's a quarterback for the Louisville Cardinals. So, yeah, I, I really do believe that Mateo Durant is the best running back in the ACC and throughout the season. I think he's going to continue to improve and prove and prove and prove that to everyone throughout this football season. So uh, that's Mailbag Monday for you today. A lot of good questions. We'll get more into the Duke football victory versus North Carolina A&T on tomorrow's program. But again, I want to say thank you to Amy, Kevin, Dr. Rob, Josh, Mary, Brooks, Sarah, and Ryan for asking me all the questions today on our podcast. If you haven't done so already, make sure that you follow and subscribe to Locked On Blue Devils for free wherever you get your podcasts. Follow me on Twitter at underscore JJ underscore Jackson underscore. Follow the show on Twitter at LO underscore Blue Devils. Be sure to give us a shout out wherever you're listening to the show. Send me a picture, uh, tweet me, as I said, uh, and leave five-star ratings and reviews. That means a lot when you take the time to do that. But that's going to do it for today's show. As always, go Duke. I'll talk to you tomorrow. My name is JJ Jackson. Thank you and good day.